Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Leishi Williams-Carlson, CIO at Bon Secours Health System. In this segment, we talk about how her team is addressing population health by getting to the root of access challenges, why she has never once regretted choosing IT over finance, and how she was able to overcome a rough start and build credibility with the board. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvada, the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at Improvada.com. Are you looking at or involved in um, population health type initiatives? Oh, very much so. And I think the really nice thing about population health is it um, correlates so nicely with Bonsecor's mission, which is bringing wholeness to the people we serve. And population health looks at social determinants and other societal needs in addition to strictly what has been traditionally defined as healthcare needs um, as a way to serve the communities that we're in. So we're very excited about population health. Um, we're, we're doing a lot in that area. Still have a long way to go, but it's really important work for us. Yeah, the, the trend we're starting to see, not on a huge scale yet, but with, with incorporating social determinants is something that, that's really encouraging to see as a consumer or, or as, as any, anybody, I would think, just because it's a direction that, that really I think a lot of people have been wanting to go toward for a while, but it's been a matter of getting the, uh, the proper blocks in place. Exactly. Exactly. I, I always remember, it's been a few years ago since I heard this story um, told by one of our nurse navigators, but they were caring for a patient with several chronic conditions, and this patient would often arrive in the ED with some issue that had spun out of a controlled state to an uncontrolled state. And as they began to really talk with the patient and understand his needs better, we gave him a cell phone. Because when we were saying, you need to call us if X, Y, Z happens, we discovered that he didn't have a means to do that. Right. So I, I always love that story because maybe a traditional healthcare provider wouldn't say the best thing we can do for this patient is give him a way to communicate. But yeah. we did that when it became clear. Right. Right. It's getting to the root of what some of the biggest challenges really are. Even things like, uh, you know, transportation, which I'm sure that you run into with, uh, in several of the areas. Yes, and, and actually um, transportation is not only an issue for our patients, but in um, some areas when we've looked at why we have turnover in our long-term care facilities and otherwise, and then you look at the community we're in and the public transportation that's available, you realize that our coworkers have quite a challenge sometimes getting to work, and if we can help solve that problem, um, it will be much easier for them to show up at work on time every day. So um, it doesn't just apply to the uh, patients we serve, but also to our colleagues. Right. Okay. So looking at, at your, your background, your experience, you've been with the organization as a whole for, for a while and in different roles, but then became system CIO about four years ago, you said? Correct. So I wanted to talk about what it was like to, to take that step corporate CIO, which was a position that hadn't existed before, but what that was like from, from your shoes and, and how you approached it. 
just in, in terms of the difference it was between that and, and your previous roles? Um, sure. So first I, I want to say absolutely it did exist before I took on that role. Okay. Um, my predecessor, Skip Hubbard, who was a wonderful mentor and example of um, how to do the job, um, reached a point in his career where he was retiring. My background is somewhat varied, and I think it serves me well in this role. So I started in our Hampton Roads market, actually in finance, working for one of our hospitals there. And um, within that hospital, you know, there's that saying, God punishes you for your prayers. I certainly wasn't praying for IT, but I was a vocal and needy customer of IT who kept saying, why can't we also do this? Or I need solutions that do this. And so one day the CEO walked in and asked me to take on IT. So I was doing both sort of controller slash finance functions and IT functions. And then as that market grew through acquisitions, and this was a long time ago now, um, there was a critical point in my career where I sort of had to decide, was I doing finance or doing IT because it was too taxing to try to do both. And um, I stayed with IT and for the most part have never regretted that decision. Uh, my role expanded um, beyond our Hampton Roads market so that I was working with other markets. And then um, when we started implementing our Epic Solution Connect Care across the organization, I raised my hand and asked if I could be the IS co-lead along with the uh, operational project director for that. And it's been the most challenging but also fulfilling work of my career because IT moved away from just providing transactional systems that run the finances of the organization and drop bills to truly supporting the heartbeat of the company. You know, we are the operating system of the clinicians who provide care across our company, and I learned so much more about healthcare operations um, and, and feel like that made the connection for me of working in healthcare and feeling like the work I was doing was making a difference directly to our patients and caregivers. So that was a, a really neat experience. Of course, when you're implementing an EMR across your whole health system, you go to every market and spend a lot of time um, in each of those markets and get to know the providers and staff and leadership teams in each of those respective markets. So it was a great way to further understand the perspective of those markets. And then when I took on um, the role at our health systems office, I think having that perspective of being in the field Mm -hmm. helps me have better empathy and compassion for my colleagues in the field when we're rolling out something and it, it feels kind of like a thou shalt edict or, or maybe not, you know, working at cross purposes with what they're trying to accomplish. So a lot of times how you get work done is by having strong relationships with colleagues where you can talk something out. And happily, I have a lot of friends across the health system that I've had the blessing to work with. Right. Yeah, I'm sure that, that that works in your favor, having held these different roles and really gotten to, to know the organization. And I'm sure that that's something you're able to draw upon. Yeah, I, I think so. And one of the things we had talked about when you and I had, had a brief conversation a couple of weeks ago was the idea of building credibility with the board. And that's something that's come up a lot in, in conversations where maybe there's not one way to do it, but it's something where 
I think that, that a lot of people are looking for uh, best practices or lessons learned when it comes to, to building that, that credibility with the board, which, which you, you know, certainly need going forward. Yeah, I think it's um, essential for anyone in the C-suite to have a good relationship with the board, but certainly a requirement um, for the CIO. I'm accountable for no small portion of our total budget across the organization, um, especially from the capital perspective that is uh, operating expense as well. And uh, a few years ago when Anthem hit the headlines across the world because of their security issue, um, coincidentally it was right around the same time we'd done some internal analysis and discovered that we weren't as secure as we wanted to be. Uh, we hadn't matured to the level we thought we had um, on our cybersecurity journey and sort of had become maybe a little complacent and, and relied on our anecdotal observations and sense of how we were um, performing compared to other health systems. And so right around the same time, the Anthem breach became very public and I think um, highlighted to boards across the country that cybersecurity was a huge enterprise risk issue that they needed to be familiar with and assure in their fiduciary role that it was being attended to. We were saying internally in our organization, wow, we have some problems where we're not performing quite as well as we want to. And that certainly got the board's attention. Okay. So um, <laughs> very Early on in this role, um, when that happened, it was one of those moments where you realize how I respond to this and how I conduct my interactions with the board. This has become a defining moment, whether I wished it would have been or not. It is what it is, right? So um, how I tackled that was I realized that I really didn't have a good handle as I was um, taking on this new role, nor do I think really anyone in the organization did of an impartial, third-party, independent perspective of how we were performing mm -hmm. in security. And I really, first of all, needed to understand where our gaps were um, and then be honest uh, to both ourselves, our team, my CEO, and the board about that. So um, I found honesty was a really important part of building credibility. And then um, I'm a big fan of that book called The Speed of Trust. And uh, one of the things they talk about in establishing trust is um, not just honesty but reliability. Or you gain credibility by doing what you say you're going to do and being competent. So, you know, we outlined a plan for how we were going to improve our cybersecurity posture and uh, provided updates still to this day, I think, as most CIOs have to provide to their boards on um, how we are doing with our various cybersecurity projects and um, it also takes time, right? You just can't show up once for an annual report and um, feel like you've therefore built a relationship. So I think time with the board, honesty, credibility, doing what you say you're going to do is, is the best way to establish that relationship with them. Right. Uh, that doesn't seem like uh, the easiest way to get to get a start, but you know, I, sometimes it's just you have to just uh, play the hand you're dealt, and I, and I'm sure that it, it it helped to get the respect of at least some of the board members that you were willing to be honest about how things were, even though 
something that could have worked against you. Yeah, you know, at the time, um, I definitely saw it as a glass half empty kind of thing, like, oh, this early interaction with the board is not what I would have teed up (laughs) how to begin. But it really was more of a glass half full type of event in that um, it captured the board's attention. And I compare notes with other CIO colleagues and when I tell them, you know, we provide quarterly updates to the board and the chair is personally interested in our progress and, and we see it as part of the way we manage enterprise risk and not really an IT thing, but um, a component of overall organizational risk, they're envious that we, we have so much of the board's attention and more importantly, support. I mean, when you have a board chair who says in front of your CEO, if you're not getting the funds you need to do what you've told us you need to do, please let me know. That's a nice feeling to know that you have the support of the board. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.